Yeah, let me open this in prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for just the time, God, to hang out with these guys. And I think Brian just touched on it, so many of us. We're just a bunch of broken men that are being mended and put together by your spirit and your grace in our lives. And God, we know that we're sinners. Um, and we drop the ball in so many ways, but uh, we we become through uh, your grace and your love uh, more than conquerors. And so, God, as we look back to your word today and look at the story and uh, the um, uh, the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, going through the Red Sea, and then pretty quickly grumbling, uh, God, let us let us be men. Uh, who are not bitter grumblers, but let us uh, move on beyond our bitterness and our struggles and even our brokenness and uh, our losses in life uh, to uh, to see your oasis and see your victory in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. You know, as we uh, if you if you weren't here last week, we looked at Exodus chapter fourteen and fifteen, where the children of Israel uh, had been led out of Egypt uh, by Moses. Uh, as they were led out of Egypt, pretty quickly the uh, they came up to the Red Sea. About that time, the Pharaoh uh, changed his mind. He goes, "Wait, hang on." So all of our slaves uh, that we have been abusing and making take care of us, we've let them go and we've given them stuff. So if you remember, Pharaoh had a change of mind. He went to the children. of of Israel began to pursue them in their chariots. Uh, if you haven't read the Bible, you've at least seen the movie. Uh, the children of Israel begin to say, man, what are we going to do? You got the Red Sea in front of us. You got Pharaoh and the Egyptian chariots behind us. Uh, Moses stood up. God stopped them with the wind uh, and the fire, and they marched through the Red Sea on dry ground. The, the chariots went in, and Pharaoh and all of his armies were swallowed up. They sang a song of celebration, celebrating all that God had done. Then they begin to march, all right? They begin to march just a little down the road. That's where we came to Exodus chapter 15 last week. And they came to a place called Merah. And they came to a place of bitterness. And there is a reality in our life that we talked about uh, that, guys, we can be saved. We can be saved by grace. We can be confident in God's favor and God's love. We can know that ultimately, as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, that we will all become more than conquerors. But there's also, there are also seasons in our lives, just like with the children of Israel, that we come to bitter waters, that we find trouble in our lives, that uh, we find um, that we have lost, uh, at least temporarily. Uh, we've maybe lost a battle, ultimately not the war. And um, I shared a couple of things with you last week, and uh, one, uh, one guy said, hey, the only people on this earth that don't have problems are those that are in the grave, right? As long as you and I live in this world and live in this walk in this faith, we're always going to have some bitter seasons and some tough seasons. And then I gave you a quote last last week from John Wooden, that great UCLA uh, basketball coach, who said, things turn out best for the people who make the best out of the way things turn out. People, t- uh, Things turn out best for those who make the best out of the way things turn out. And, you know, a lot of times in our life, that's where we need to be. But if you remember the children of Israel over and over begin to grumble against Moses and grumble against the Lord and grumble against Moses and grumble against the Lord, God would continue to bless them. And that's what we found. So they came through the Red Sea. Um, they went to a place called Merah. And let me give you four thoughts uh, that we talked about last week. And then I told you that I was going to come back and I was going to finish this week. Four ideas on how you get through bitter things in your life. And if you're in one of those seasons, let me give you four things right here from Scripture. But if you remember what we looked at, they came to... um 
they came to uh, Mara, and one of them was they had just sung a song of celebration. Man, once they, once the children of Israel uh, had gone through the Red Sea and the Egyptians were uh, were there, they sang a song of celebration, and they did. And we saw that at the beginning of uh, Exodus chapter 15, they sang a song of celebration. And, and the truth is, though, it didn't change their heart. And I will tell you, we want to be careful even today that we can go into worship and we can go into seasons and we can sing the songs of celebration and we can sing the songs about God's grace, but they don't change our life because then we can turn around and grumble, 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 grumble. We all know people that are that way. Uh, and so we want to make sure that, uh, that when we sing a song of celebration, celebrating God's victory in our lives, that we live it out that way and we experience that victory. And then if you remember, uh, they found themselves in bitter waters. Uh, they began to grumble against uh, Moses and Merah, and God showed him a tree. And he said, throw this tree into the water. And sure enough, uh, the waters became sweet and drinkable and pure. And our, our, our idea there was, hey, listen, uh, there are going to be times that uh, we find ourselves at bitter waters. We want to seek God's heart, pray to God, and trust that God is going to at some point turn our bitterness into sweetness. And then the next thing we looked at, and we talked about the idea um, that... Um, you know, at the end of the day, even after our bitterness, God, if we will continue to follow him and we won't just simply stop, sit, soak, and sour, we will find sweetness again if we're willing to move forward. And so let me give you a couple of thoughts as we think about the children of Israel at, uh, at these bitter waters. What should we do when life turns bitter? And I'm going to pull these right out. First things we have to do when life turns bitter in the midst of those bitter is you have to remember your past victories. You have to reflect back on your past victories. If we were to go back to Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, uh, it says, Then Moses led the children of Israel from the Red Sea. Um, guys, every one of us have victories in our lives. Uh, but the problem is sometimes uh, the bitterness that we're currently experiencing feels so big and we focus on it so much that we forget about the past victories in our life. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in one of those bitter seasons, um, if you're in one of those difficult times, that you would not forget the past victories in your life. Every one of us in here, guys, every one of us in here uh, has... Um, uh, has victories you can look back on. Uh, you can look back on Red Sea experiences in your life. Rex, thanks for sharing your testimony of, uh, of an Easter two and a half years ago, a Red Sea season in your life. Uh, the, the truth is we can all look back. I can think back on times, even bitter seasons today at this church, that God has, has, uh, has been gracious to us and good to us. I can think back on times in this church where, uh, where things have been really good. I can think of times in this church when things have been really bad. It seems like there have been times it seems like everything we've touched turned to gold. You know, we had the Midas touch, uh, and everything that we touched other times turned out miserable. We had the miserable touch. Anybody been that way in your life? You're sitting there going, man, I don't know why it turned out differently this way because I, I prayed about it. I asked God. We got our leadership together. Man, the last six times we've done this, God's blessed. And all of a sudden, everything we touch, same leadership, same prayer, same decisions, it's just bitter. And so the number one thing, if you are going to get beyond the bitterness of your lives, is you have to remember past victories. Man, the children of Israel were bitter there. 
They were sitting at a little bitter water. They had just walked through the Red Sea. They were no longer slaves. And they're complaining and grumbling to God. And so we don't ever want to get to a place in, in a season in our life um, where, where we think uh, less of what God has done for us in the past and think more of the bitterness we're facing in the present. And so, guys, that's thought number one. You have to remember past victories. And it's probably a good thing for you to do uh, is to sit down sometime and just reflect back on your life, on all the things that you can look back and you can see the victories that God provided in your life. And if you will write them down, you can go back to those victories someday when you're in a season of difficulty. And you can just open it. Man, I'm struggling. Look at this. Man, back in so-and-so, God brought me and put me this, and God did that, and God blessed my business. And I remember when I thought I was about to go bankrupt back in 2008, and now God has blessed me, and now I'm going through some tough times in my business. But I can look back on 2008. I, if I can survive 2008, 2009, 2010, I can survive. Does that make sense? I mean, we need to write them down. So when we find ourselves at bitter waters, we can go back and reflect. Here's the second thing, and uh, is this. You have to always keep your present circumstances in perspective. You always keep your present circumstances in perspective. Somebody just blurred out, how long were the children of Israel slaves in Egypt? 430 years, all right? They were slaves for over four centuries. They have walked from the Red Sea three days. They let three days of bitterness overwhelm the fact they are free and they are no longer slaves and they are on their way to a promised land. And you say, where do you put it in perspective? Look at Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. It says, Then Moses led the Israel from the Red Sea. They went into the desert. For three days they traveled. Think about the perspective. Three days in the desert. Now, let me, let's be honest. Three days in the desert, how many, of you, how many of us would just really enjoy walking three days in the desert? Okay. Let's be honest. That's not fun, Right? None of us would like that. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't enjoy, you know, walking three days in the desert. Imagine the only thing worse than walking three days in your desert, you got your women and children right there with you. Can you imagine the women as they were just barking in the husband's ear? And so uh, maybe we should delete that uh, before it goes online. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so let's, let's be honest. None of us would have enjoyed three days in the desert. Okay, so let's don't minimize the fact that three days in the desert without water is not a great thing. And what it says in the water is they, they obviously had what they were carrying, but can you imagine it was hot every time you, there was nothing refreshing about the water uh, that they had. Uh, so, you know, let's don't deny the fact that those three days were up. But if you put them in perspective, to over four centuries as slaves, it's like this. It's not even a blip in the screen. You know, it's just not even a blip. And a lot of times, if we aren't careful, we can let uh, the little three days of bitterness overwhelm a lifetime of joy we've had because we're no longer slaves to sin, slaves to Satan, slaves to the enemy. 
and the victory of moving towards the promised land that God has us. Uh, let me give you another uh, uh, one to remember. This is one you might want to write. Just write this verse down. Uh, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. When we think about that idea of keeping our present circumstances in perspective, that Romans 8.28 will help you. Is you say, you know what, I, I, am, I have been in the desert for three days. Just metaphorically here, just an analogy. If you were in I've been in the desert for three days. And uh, I've been without water. It's been hot. It's been kind of miserable. I'm struggling a little bit. But when I think about this fact, in this desert... My God is working for my good. My God is working for my good. He is, he is working for me. Now, it doesn't say that the desert is good. He says God is at work for all those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So as you remember your past victories and you put your present bitterness in perspective, the perspective is this. Compared to the sin I've been forgiven, the slavery I used to be in, this is bitter, but it doesn't compare. Because let me ask you a question. Had Moses gone in and offered to the children of Israel or offered to you, he says, hey, guys, we've been, we've been slaves for over three centuries. Um, I can get you out of slavery, but it's going to cost you three days of walking in the desert. So I want you to know ahead of time. You're going to walk in the desert three days without water. It's going to be hot. Uh, are you willing to do it? Every one of them ahead of time would have said deal, right? They would have said deal. All right. So if you put that in perspective, the truth is we really can't see tomorrow. But here's what we know. We will go through three days, but we always have to put it in perspective. Had they negotiated ahead of time, three days in the desert with bitter waters or slavery the rest of your life, they would have said, give us the three days. That's putting your victories in perspective. But also understanding, even in the three days, God's got to be teaching them something. What was he teaching them something? Basically, even in bitter waters, God can show up and use something simple like a tree. And that's where we don't want to miss the little stuff. A lot of times, I, I, I will tell you, I've had people uh, over seasons in my life, and I, I, man, going through tough times in my life, there are times I've sat back on the other side and I've looked back and go, you know, God really was there. Have you ever done that in your life? God was there. God protected me here. God protected me there. Now, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't notice it at the time. But when I get a chance to look back, here's the reality. I've talked to a bunch of people. They'll come in, and they'll talk about the struggles that are going in life. I said, well, tell me about that situation, and tell me about that situation, and tell me about that situation. And, and, and almost subconsciously, a lot of times, guys or people will tell me things that I can see God at work in their life. They just didn't see God at work in their life. Does that make sense? That I'm, I'm like, do you think God might have been, been in on that? When, when your buddy walked up to you in the midst of this and he said, do you think you're, that God might have been talking to you through your buddy? Do you think when you, you just told me I wouldn't have made it through without X, so-and-so? And, and I'm like, do you think God might have brought them into your life? And, well, I guess, I guess he could have. And that's where we always want to understand when we're in those bitter seasons in our life and we're keeping them in perspective, Romans 8.28 promises us that God is at work. So if you are standing there and you are staring at bitter waters in the midst of your three days in the desert, 
don't forget to look for God. Don't just simply focus on the bitter situations. Look for God at work in your life, and I believe that he will be, and I believe that you'll, you'll find him. Here's the, here's the next thought. You ready? Number three, how to deal with bitter seasons in your life. Don't linger at bitter waters. Don't linger. Remember past victories. Put your bitterness in perspective and don't linger and stay there. You say, where did you get that from? If you pick it up in Exodus chapter 15, uh, let's jump back to 25 and 26. It says, then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord, listened to this, showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. Then he made for them a statute and a regulation. Now you jump back, jump up to verse 26. It says, and he said, if, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and here's a, that's a big if, and do what is right in his sight, and here's another big if, give ear to his commandments. Notice there's basically three in the Hebrew there. There's essentially three conditional clauses, conditional phrases. It's if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord, if you will do what is right in God's sight, and if you will give ear to his commandments. Notice the if, then. If, 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 then. Then I will pour, I will, um, I will put none of the diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians. What is he referring back to? The plagues that Moses delivered to them. For I, the Lord, I am the Lord your God, and he uses that term, that Hebrew term, Rapha, the healer, okay, the healer. Now, look at verse 27. It says, then they came to Elam, where they were tw- there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. All right, don't linger at bitter waters. Now, it was great that God showed up when they were at Merah, and God pointed out a tree and said, Moses, take the tree, throw it into the water, the water became drinkable. But the truth about Merah was what? That water was always bitter. Does that make sense? That water was always bitter. And so the thing they could not do is stay in their bitterness. They had to go on to a place where there was sweet water, there was pure water, and there was drinkable water to an oasis. There are times, and what I mean by that, there are times that... Um, that I hear people in their spiritual journey, their spiritual life, or, or their, that they linger at bitterness. They just stay in their bitterness, and it's a choice. It's a choice to stay in your bitterness. If you want to sit there and dwell on it over and over and over and over again, uh, all the people who have hurt you, everybody that's done the wrong thing, someone who's stolen from you, someone who's done this, if you want to sit there and linger over and over at that, then I will promise you, you will stay bitter and you will stay angry and it will affect every relationship you have. The best thing you can do is move on. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4? You might want to write this down, verse 8 and following. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is good, if there's anything excellent and anything praiseworthy, let your mind dwell on those things. In other words, we have to make sure and we have to change our mind and make sure our mind is always dwelling on the good things, not the bad. Don't let your mind always go back to bitter waters. In other words, the children of Israel were not at the promised land when they were at Merah. They were not even at sweet waters that God was going to provide. Now, God temporarily provided sweet waters in their life and in their bitterness. But the truth was they were on a journey, 
And the journey was to continue to go. And guys, there are times in our lives that I think sometimes we linger at bitter waters. And the reality of it is bitter waters, even when God turns them sweet for a season, eventually they're going to be bitter again. The job is to move on to an oasis. And so that's spiritually, mentally. Sometimes it's a new job. Sometimes it's, a, it's new something else. It's a new place. Uh, it's a new activity. Uh, and so, guys, if you are doing something that you just hate over and over and over again, and God never seems to make them sweet, or from time to time God will make them sweet, I want to encourage you, if they're going to be bitter, just move on. Move on in your mind and move on in your thoughts and move on. Man, just move on. And so don't linger at your bitter waters. I love what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, you might want to write this down. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Then he goes on, no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. What is he saying? And really the book of Hebrews, if you know the book of Hebrews, it's kind of an analogy. They're referring back to the children of Israel moving to the promised land. He's talking about that whole generation of people that got all the way to the Jordan River. Remember? Got all the way to the Jordan River, and they fell short. Can you imagine? 400 years in slavery, Red Sea, Mera, Oasis, a mountain, Ten Commandments, standing at the Jordan River, send 12 spies in. Man, if God has brought you out of Egypt, how many of you think, wouldn't we love to think, if you were my spies, if we sent you in, that all of you would have said, dude, it is awesome. I would rather die fighting for that than die meandering around in the desert the next 40 years. We would all love to think that we were that way. But, but he says, don't ever fall short of the grace of God. I think there are times that a lot of us, in our thoughts and in our mind and the sweetness of God, we go through the journey of our own desert, our own sin, our own difficulties, broken relationships. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And we get so close. And, and Edwin, I love what you just shared a few minutes ago. You, know, you come into church and you see other people around you that, that they, they seem to have a joy in their life and they seem to be into the music and they seem to be in the Word. But a lot of times we stop and stop short because we're just not willing with men. Sometimes it's our ego that won't let us just, just say, man, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. And they linger around. And what happens is, and he says, don't fall short of the grace of God and make sure no bitter root grows up and causes trouble for many. Now, let me just, first of all, a root grows down deep, and it saps. What does this root do? Is it goes down, it pulls in nutrients, pulls in water, saps everything basically good. It's got to constantly be filled. Now, let me just go beyond and cause trouble and defile many. Let me tell you what. I've never known, I've never known, and this is just it, I've never known a bitter person in our, a bitter believer in our church that didn't affect many people. It's just never been that way. I have, I have noticed this in ministry and in life. Bitter people, bitter people affect others negatively. And guys, if you are walking in your bitterness, I will guarantee you, you are not a good husband. 
let me put it this way, you're not a caring husband. You're not a loving husband. If you are walking around day by day thinking about everyone who's ever let you down, I will guarantee you, you are somehow, some way taking it out on your wife or your kids or the people around you. If you are sitting here and bitterness is overwhelming you, you've got to deal with it, guys. Because bitterness, when it saps the nutrients and the joy out of your heart, it will hurt every relationship you have. It'll hurt your relationship with your buddies. It'll hurt your relationship with the people you work with. And it'll hurt the relationship with your bride and your kids and everybody else. Guys, if you are walking in a season of bitterness, you have got to do business with God and say, God, let me get over this. Help me get over this. And if, and if it's because your wife has walked away from you and you're going through a divorce, go through a divorce care. If you've, you're grieving over someone, man, that was me. I was, I was bitter over some things. And, 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 man, go through a grief share class. Just spend some time walking through a space. And if bitterness is overwhelming your life, you have to do business with God. Because this verse is true. If you want to write it down, Hebrews 12, 15, Bitterness always defiles the people you love the most. And so, guys, I want to encourage you, don't let bitterness ruin everything in your life. And here's the final thought. You ready? And here's the beauty of it. I love this word. If you will move beyond bitterness, I always believe that your oasis is right around the corner. I really believe this. If, if you go back and if you look at verse 20, it says, They came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. Notice it doesn't really talk about them camping much by, by Mera, but they stopped at the oasis. Now, they're not at the promised land, but they camped at, at the oasis. And, guys, I really believe if we will move beyond our bitterness, and I don't know what is keeping you back, but if you'll move to God and his grace and his love, that you'll see him work in your life in a powerful way. But you can't linger at bitter waters. And, guys, I want you to understand, and I want you to hear me. There is no doubt that there are some here that are you are looking at me and you're, you're saying, Pastor, that's easy for you to say. You have no idea what I've been through. Guys, I'll acknowledge that. Some of the pain and some of the hurt that you have been through may, may be horrid, and it might be bad. And so, guys, I, whatever my struggle was and whatever my pain was, my brother took his life and I got mad at the world, let's put it here. Let's say your pain is here. Okay, I, I'll just give you that, that, that you... Your struggle and your hurt that you're bitter about, let's say it's 400 times mine. That doesn't change the fact that bitterness in your life will defile many. So whether your bitterness is here or here or here, you've got to do business with it. You've got to do business with it. And so we have to understand that our oasis is just around the corner. If you forget your past victories, if you linger at bitter waters, if you don't trust God that, that he can exchange your bitterness for the sweetness of an oasis, then you're going to be caught in your bitterness and you're going to destroy everybody around you. And you're going to be more and more lonely. Man, we got to move beyond that space. I love what Proverbs chapter 14, verse 10 says. It says, each heart, everybody say every one of us, each heart knows its own bitterness. 
Now, that's not the end of the verse. I'm going to read it to you. But guys, what is, this? What is he saying? The honest reality. Everybody in here has things we could be bitter about. Every one of us in here have losses. And so if you're in here saying, yeah, but your life was so good compared to mine, I want you to know every one of us has losses. Some don't compare from a worldly perspective. It says each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joys. You know what Proverbs is saying? He's saying, listen, every one of us in our lives, we have loads of bitterness, bitter things that have happened, and lots of joy. You say, what's the difference, Pastor? It's what are we lingering at? Are we constantly always looking at our bitterness and our losses? It's going to default. Are we enjoying the things that God brings our way? Are we enjoying life? And so, guys, we each, each, each heart has bitterness and joy. What's the difference? It's the perspective of the person and what they're looking at. Here's another verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 13. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you jump down to verse 13. He says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. My prayer is, if you're lingering at bitter waters, that when you leave here today, that you would just ask God, God, let me stop lingering at bitter waters. Let me stop lingering at bitter waters. All right? Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the guys and the opportunity just to, uh, just to share with you. God, if there's, if there's someone here today that, that, that the bitter waters they're lingering at is their own sin, and they know they've never taken that step of faith uh, in you, that, um, that, God, they would say today is the day they're going to cross the line except your son Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. God, as we journey out of here today, I, I pray that men would make a commitment to stop, stop choosing bitterness over the joy. And, and, God, the reality is every heart in this room has its own bitterness and has its own joy. The difference is what will we look at today. In Jesus' name we pray.